live from the internet, it's the Local Host Podcast with Mark Drew and Rob Dudley. Hello from the internet. In this episode, we will sharpen our skills and go under time pressure to get an MVP out in a hackathon. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Rob. How are you doing, sir? Hello, Mark. I'm I'm good. Um, it's wet yeah. and nasty. It's wet. It's meant to be the middle of summer. Yeah. No. Um. Well, it's been wet today, and this is, I think, the first time that as, as as a British person, without having to hand over my passport, I can say that I'm happy that it's raining. It's been baking hot here in uh, England. I don't know how Jersey has been. Has it been under the same? It, it's been pretty pretty warm. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's nice to finally, like, feel the temperature come down and uh, and we have rain. So if you hear drops in the background, that's what it is. It's not some yep. wet, soggy thing. pattering of raindrops on windows and the wind howling in the eaves. Also, if anybody needed proof that we were British without seeing our passports, we open our, our podcast by talking about the weather. So. Yeah, exactly. But that's how, how they flushed out uh, spies, didn't they? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> So, so, what are we talking about today? Well, today I think we should be talking about something more fun. We've talked about security endlessly uh, and very serious rights subjects, but I think today we should talk about hackathons and game jams because I think they're about they're kind of the same thing, or they achieve the same kind of purpose and the same fun. Um, and you've just been in one, haven't you? Yes, yeah, so um, this time last week, in fact, we were uh, me and some of my my peers, colleagues, uh, were at the Bitfinex Hackathon. They're a cryptocurrency exchange in London, oh. which was good fun. Met lots of cool people, built some cool stuff, and we play second. Oh, that's really good. That's yeah. out of how many? Two. <laughs> No, there were about. I, if memory serves, there were about a dozen. Oh, that's really good, man. That's really presenting. Good. So, how big was yeah. your team? Uh, we were three, uh-huh. and the team that came first had a team of six. Okay, and that's so, the thing about you know, hackathons, right? You, you form a team of however big you want the team to be, right? It's not like you have to have like X teams of said size. Well, I don't know. It depends because some of them have rules, some of them have a minimum size, some of them, or very few of them, mm-hmm. have a minimum size because the solo hacker, mm-hmm. you know, the code cowboy, is a thing. Mm. I was in a hackathon with, with one guy that that was like, "I'll I'll just do it all by myself," and I was like, "Okay, I don't play well with others." I mean, a lot of them do have a maximum team size to try and like level the playing field, so right. you don't rock up with your entire development department. <laughs> that, that, that's the yeah, a bit far out. Yeah. So, what's your name? You know, what, what's your team's name? It's like yeah, uh, Development Incorporated Limited. Uh, so you're literally a company. It's like yes. What's your team name? Uh, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, the entire company has entered the hackathon. <laughs> So before we get into like what is a hackathon or what is a game jam, uh, we have to say thank you to the kind words from people from the internet that said about our show. If you do have kind words to say to us, you can uh, tweet us at LogoHostFM or just email us your commentaries or your ideas for any future shows at show at LocalHost.fm. Um, if you have bad things to say, you can tweet at Rob at Rob Dudley uh, or nice things for me at Mark Drew. Nice. <laughs> you can take the yeah, flight. Yeah, so I always do. So um, I, let's get kind of into it. And I suppose for 
those listeners who may not know what a hackathon is, uh, I'm guessing they're going to be fairly, uh, pretty much in the minority, but it's probably worth kind of explaining what kind of stuff we're talking about when we talk about a hackathon versus a game jam versus all of the other bits and bobs. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that, I mean, the word hackathon is like a mixture of a marathon and, and, and hacking something together, right? So I think one of the first aspects of it is that is a you've got a limited time and it's a, a, a kind of continuous time to do something in, right? So to achieve something. That's a marathon part about it. This is meant to be like, you know, you've got like twenty three hours to do, to develop something, or or twenty four hours, or whatever. Yeah. It's time constrained. Got a window within which you can work, and then you get the the hack element, which is obviously this is normally code based, yeah. not always, but normally you're expected to kind of program something or, or build something, and the goal, the finish line. Is, is normally determined by the type of event. Mm. Uh, there's normally a theme or a tool that you're expected to use or maybe a, a new API or a new system, depending on who's running it and why. Right, so f- for example, I, I was a judge at one ha- a couple of hackathons. One of them was by Yahoo, and they were doing it on behalf of Visit Britain and another company whose name I've forgotten, I'm sorry, that actually had an API for all the, the tourist information in in the uk so you could like go and hit information about where harry potter was filmed for example or various other things like that so this you know kind of kind of leads to to creating some kind of product right or or finished thing well it's also it's about you know if you've put all of the effort into building say an api backed hackathon is really obvious you have the api you want to see people use it Mm. in cool and interesting ways yeah you want to be able to validate and potentially also promote the work because you get some of these projects and, and your own internal dev team could probably do them, but it's much more fun and much more interesting and, to be honest, <clears throat> cheaper to get a whole bunch of people to come along and compete to build the coolest thing. Right, exactly, rather than, rather than getting your own dev team. But it, actually, that's that's a bad way to look at it. It's not sort of getting other people to do your work, right? It's not like... Is, is, is seeing what people can do creatively. I mean, for example, a game jam, there's a whole bunch of game jams a- out there, which is very similar to a hackathon, right? You're time limited. You have, I guess, resource limitation, one being time and, and size of teams. And, but you generally have a theme, right? So mm-hmm. you have a theme of what your game or what your product is going to be around, and you try to develop that, and then it's judged by kind of, peers or people that are invested in that organization or group right whether it's a corporate one or a yeah non-corporate one i mean i i was it's a glib cynical throwaway although it is something and we'll talk about this in, in, in a little bit that you do have to be aware of that some of these events are actually very commercially focused mm-hmm. but yeah generally speaking it's not about getting other people to build stuff for you it's about collaborating it's about innovating it's about creativity and it's about having fun mm-hmm. Now, generally speaking, I suppose there's a a kind of a third angle to this, which is the concept of the internal hackathon. Mm -hmm. And these can be really, really powerful tools, especially if you've got a larger dev team. Um, And by larger, I mean, like, you know, enough to actually support one or two teams. Yeah. And it's an opportunity for your developers to basically blow off a bit of steam and do something that isn't the day-to-day and create something that could be really innovative and useful for your business right 
It's also a, a, a good acceleration of, of feature sets because I think in any company when you've got creative developers, I mean, development is generally a creative job, right? Despite what people think maybe. So a lot of our, you know developers in any development environment have been go, oh, if we could only do this with our thing, right? It's like the hackathon is like, okay, show me, show me a, show me your idea or a proof of concept of your idea, like really quickly. This is a time that you can get your proof of concepts out on, on that slight note wasn't that something that google was doing i don't know if they still do which is like a fifth of your time was allowed for you to not do a hackathon but like hack away at your ideas or do crazy prototypes and that's where a lot of their products and innovation comes from yeah so i'm almost certain that these were referred to as 20 percent projects because right. they got like one day in five right to basically work on their own stuff yeah and it's i suppose it's it's very different to hackathon in that this was a much more open ended thing it allowed for longer running projects mm. but what it's it's very much in the same vein mm-hmm. it's about saying to your internal dev team you know what go and build me this cool thing mm-hmm. or in fact not even saying go and build me it's saying you have an idea or you do what you want build stuff right and there's actually been some i'm trying to think of some examples we might just have to put them in the show notes but i do know that there was some of the output of the 20 percent time at google has gone on to be huge right and so i think wasn't gmail a 20 percent project i think gmail originally? was and uh, and there was a i'm not going to say google chat whatever the google social media thing was google plus no 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 it's precursor to that google wave oh wave you remember that yeah i mean I, know, yeah. I mean i know it's not successful like in the long run but I think that was quite a precursor to all of this. I think that came from a 20% project. Yeah, makes sense. And whilst we're kind of talking about, the, I suppose, the broader and wider elements is the concept of like a summer of code, which is very right. similar to a hackathon in some ways, but it's a much longer open-ended time window. Mm-hmm. But the end result is still the same. And it's also meant to be more inclusive, I think, I think because there are very, generally there are not many entry requirements for hackathons and game jams. It's like whoever come up, comes along can just do it right show up and some of them are remote so you don't have to show up you even have to show up you could just make a submission right but what's good about these is that you can literally uh, they're very inclusive so you know young people people you know people of color minorities so everyone can can apply on a pretty sim- similar level field of course it's not a hundred percent level because you need to have afford that time Right. Yes. And some of these these hackathons for some companies actually go somewhere. So, for example, if it's sponsored by Yahoo or by a big company, that team could eventually be hired by the company to develop that product. Right. So it can turn up to be like pretty good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And some of the um, I mean, again, I'm struggling to come up with real examples because I phoned in the research. I'm almost certain that there are hundreds of examples of hackathon projects that started as a hackathon project and were then taken and run with and evolved and became proper, solid software projects mm-hmm. above and beyond their original humble roots. What's interesting about hackathons is a couple of things. One of them is that is that having to work against a deadline does for some people bring out the real creative juices because you you literally strip away any of the oh we should do it nicely it's like no we just have to get it done kind of mm-hmm. thinking and also it can bring disparate people together because one of the things that we should say is that the, you a lot of the time in a hackathon you will be working with people you've never worked with before might not even know yeah so as as we'll discuss again um, in, in a moment when we kind of get on to how you can actually do this, 
you you have the option and, and some people will go with a f- group of friends or a group of known peers equally valid you just show up and you can team up with people that you've literally just met four hours before and build something that's incredibly cool so it's it's the benefits are immense in terms of your ability to communicate and work within a team your ability to distill an idea a concept down to the bare minimum that's required to actually make it work and your ability to remember exactly how you format a regular expression at four thirty in the morning <laughs> okay so before we get into like how hackathons are structured blah 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 what types of hackathons are there i mean i think everyone will go think of one but i think there's quite a few types out there right yeah, well, it's it, it's as we say that it's really broad in terms of the things that even within the specific naming of hackathon, the specific subset. Yeah, you've got different times, different lengths. You've got express hackathons. You've got, as we've already said, game jams that focus very much on game development. Right. You've got lightning hacks, which are nuts, by the way. Okay. Um, um, what's a lightning hack? A lightning hack is uh, you do 30-minute sprints. They're really quite specialized. Okay. I haven't heard of these. Yeah. So basically, you just get kind of 30 minutes to get your stuff. And then uh, I think every 30 minutes, it's submitted or pulled. And it's it's very, very competitive. Wow. But okay. yeah. this Is this a new genre of esports, right? We're going to get these coders and like... Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you've then also got a whole bunch of stuff that kind of is, I suppose, hackathon adjacent. Okay. So you've got things like unconferences, yeah. which are unstructured knowledge um, events. And you could, at a stretch, say that an unconference is basically a hackathon for ideas. Oh, mate. You didn't have Let's to not say that. Let's not <laughs> say that. No, I mean, just to let people know if you have never been to an unconference, an unconference is a conference with no schedule. And no speakers, right? So it starts out like that. And one of the first things that happens is people submit what they want to talk about and it gets put on a board and that's the conference. Is that a good description of it? It's like you actually write on a post-it what you want to talk about. I think you have 15 minutes. They're fairly short talks. And it all gets scheduled then and there. And then you go and talk about stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like a conference for people who can't be bothered to organise most of the conference. Right. But but what's interesting is, is again, it's very inclusive because it's, it's, there is no panel to stop you talking about something. I think it gets voted by the amount of people that want to go and see the, the talks. I can't remember. I haven't been to one for a while. Yeah. Again, there's different subtleties to it. So if you get, you know, vying for the slot, you can kind of have some kind of democratic process. Yeah. And, um, or you just say, actually, it's first come, first served. Yeah. That, you know. Which uh, means that, in theory, if you're diligent, you could fill the entire unconference with your talk. Just the same post-it note. Yeah, the same post-it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that works. I mean, they are actually, again, they're, they're incredibly effective. But it's this idea of a, a free-form, collaborative environment, which is why it's kind of related to. But it's not really technically mm-hmm. a hackathon, is it? No. One of the other, one of the other things that whilst we're on the conference subject is you will often get hackathons within conferences, right? Or associated with or, or attached to. Yeah, so it's either the day before or maybe it's during the conference you'd have people like that have applied to go to the hackathon. So if, uh, I just went to the develop conference in, down in Brighton, which is a game development conference, which has got an expo, so it's got an open side of it. So you just, I think you just have to book tickets for the expo. You've also got like talks from, from 
major game development studios and things like that, but as well attached to it for a couple of days, for the Wednesday and the Thursday, you have a hackathon that's happening that gets judged on the last day. So people judge it and present it and, and things like that. So again, it's the same thing. It's, it's generally at the same time. It's, it's, a, it's a thing of saying like, well, whilst we have all these developers here, why don't we actually have a hackathon, you know? I'm semi-mixed about... There are some that literally just shoehorn it in there. Mm -hmm. But there are some where, as you say, it's, it's either running in parallel to the conference... Um, and it can make a, an amazing bookend, mm -hmm. especially to um, if you've got a series of events or conferences or speakers or workshops. And then, you know, a hackathon at the end to tie it all together is a brilliant way to to make sure that everybody's completely and totally knackered by the time <laughs> they go home. Well, but also, like, it's whatever the conference is about, let's say it's just as, as, a, as a weird way. It's like, let's say if it's a health conference, right? Having a kind of hackathon in which people try to solve a problem in a short time after you've listened to all the talks, after maybe you've gone to all the workshops, you can get a lot out because you, your brain is in that malleable, exercised state anyway, right? So th this is mm -hmm. the, the prime time to, to get your brain doing stuff. Well, this is, I mean, we, I think we spoke when we talked about conferences, the idea that actually you come home and you're really fired up to build something. Right. Yeah, jump on the next available hackathon and just do it. Because you can then take all of that energy and excitement and passion and channel it into something that is incredibly focused and, and gives you the best opportunity to actually explore those concepts without having to worry about the fact that you're you know, now having to do your job yeah. as well. And talk, I mean, that, that's a nice segue because as part of doing your job, there's also corporate hackathons, right? So they, these these are, can be either sponsored hackathons as, as you did by a, a corporate entity saying, hey, come over, we've got a good product or good venue or a good idea or we've parten partnered up with somebody, come over and have a hackathon using our stuff, whatever that stuff is, right? Or, mm -hmm. for example, like Google, Google Campus or the one, the, the Forex, the Finex Thing that you did or you can have one a corporate one in the sense that it's within your own company and that's a really good one so the one i run was before christmas so what we did was like in the last week of christmas that you know there is a slight segue here but generally we we have a tools down in a lot of companies before christmas because you're not going to be you know that's that's the the sprint that you're not going to finish because you're not going to deploy anything over christmas you know it doesn't fit into the thing so you got this week of well, we're not actually working on stuff to deploy. Either you do fixes or, you know, or you have something fun, which are like a Christmas hackathon. It might be a good one for the last week before everyone breaks up. And having, you know, done that just before Christmas, it's great for the developers to then do a hackathon. And, you know, you tie in the prizes because it's like a double whammy, right? If you've won something, you can win something over Christmas period and, and what have you, you know? So it's it's a good way. Yeah, so those are the ones I can think of. And any other types of hackathons? I mean Game Jams is, is obviously one that we've we've already touched upon because that's that's the same thing. But any others that I've missed? No. But again I think that because of the as we said, the breadth of the different types of, of way in which you can do a, com a a coding competition, anything I would suggest that is time boxed and has some form of competitive competitive element well, yeah, we can apply that. We can hang the label hackathon on a lot of different things. But I think for for the rest of this episode, we're going to be talking very specifically about game jam, game jams and hackathons, as I suppose we would traditionally recognise yeah. them. We're we're going to go to hackathon. What should we do 
before we we go and join up a hackathon i mean I, you know one check it out if it's in in a in an area that you want to do stuff right yeah so i suppose the first thing will be finding a hackathon that is either just anything goes and there aren't actually that many that are just completely wide open yeah or a hackathon that's based around a theme that you are genuinely interested in and can get involved in. So Game Jams being a classic example of this, they will focus directly on game development for game developers. Yeah. Which is not to say that non-game developers can't take part, right? They right. are fundamentally inclusive. But at the same time, if you show up at a Game Jam and at the end of it you've built an Excel-based API, you're mm. probably not going to get very far. Sure, but having said that, I mean, there's a... I'm just going to, this is not quite Game Jam, this is a, it's a small tangent. There is a game out there that's called Cultist Simulator that started out as a JavaScript prototype, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a web-based prototype. So you have those skills, you can go to a Game Jam and, and something could come out of it that could become a completely different product, but it's a, con it's a concepting stage. So yeah, you can use yeah, totally. whatever you want. So, for example, the game jams, there are like puzzle game jams. There's, uh, I'm just having a look at like a assembly game jams, you know, there's loads of different ones. If actually there's a great website that you can see a whole bunch of them are happening on. Do you know itch.io? Yep. Um, which is a game deployment, I guess. Social sharing of games. I don't know. There's it's kind of like a, another version of Steam, which you can buy games in or you can give away games on. They have a lot of jam. They have a, a site called itch.io slash jams that has got loads of different game jams that are happening, like right now, you know, or coming up. And they're all like different topics, right? So you can join in on those with whatever level of, of, of knowledge you have. There's also other ones which are language specific. I guess if you're using, I don't know, Go or something like that, there's going to be different ones or there's locale based ones like hack chicago which gets a high school hackathon for people in i guess chicago yeah i suppose the the main takeaway is don't feel like you have to be an expert in the thing but at the same time just be aware that generally speaking hackathons game jams do tend to have a focus mm -hmm. and when you're picking one just make sure that you're okay with that focus otherwise you're not going to get masses out of it or you know potentially you're not actually going to be allowed to go right <laughs> i mean let's let's kind of just assume at this point that we have we've selected our our hackathon or our jam yeah um we're happy with the general overall concept so what what do we need to do next and i'd say there's some really key things that everybody attending one of these things should do before they actually commit to signing up yeah. i think one of them is are you able to take that time off and I'm not just saying like, can you take it off work because they're usually at the weekend. But it's like, can I can I devote this this time ideally to this? You don't want your phone ringing. You don't want your your girlfriend or your wife or or your kids, you know, saying, well, we have to go shopping today. What are you doing? It's like I'm hacking away. I need to hack for 24 hours. You know, so it's basically taking that time off. I mean, that's it. Because generally speaking, these events require that you are quite dedicated to the event for the majority of the day if not indeed you know 24 hour period yeah. or whatever and i've seen people who've been at hackathons and they've been called away because they were on call that weekend oh and it's exactly that it's like yeah i mean fair enough you if you can't avoid it yeah. you can always give it a whirl but you want to be able to dedicate this window of time to the event ideally because i mean either way 
if you're being a lone developer, the lone wolf developing your thing at the hackathon, or you're a member of a team, if you leave, okay, fine, your 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 product is not going to get judged because you left. But also, you could be le- letting a team down. Yeah, um, and it may be that you have no intention of going and be forming part of a team, and then all of a sudden you're there, and and you do, and it's just a whole big thing. Yeah. So basically, step one: make sure you can get the time off. Step two: make sure you can get to the event. Well, that's an obvious because, one. Because. <laughs> Well, well, no, you say that. A lot of hackathons attract an international audience. True. Or advertise to an international audience. Mm-hmm. But not all hackathons will do anything about, you know, providing any kind of contribution towards travel costs or whatever. That's true. You know, you will have to make sure that you can get yourself there and back. And in the case of, you know, international travel, that will normally mean that you've got to fly out probably the day before. Mm. Um, and stay. You know, put yourself up. And there's all of the kind of the stupid normal logistics that you just need to build in because they can have an impact on time, they can have an impact on your monetary commitment to the event because it's gone from being a fun coding competition to actually a fun coding competition that's cost you 300 quid in flights and hotels. Yeah. And that's a slightly different proposition. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, is with that comes visas as well. Are you able to travel to the country that, that is hosting the thing? So, for example, if you're <laughs> going to, I don't know, Moscow Hackathon, you actually have to get yourself a visa. And the organizers might not be ready to sponsor your visa. Um, so you want to make sure, and again, we had this in the, the Bitfinex hackathon, a team who sent their apologies because they had every intention of coming, but the visa didn't come through in time. Mm. So their their contribution, their plan was just gone. Oh, oh well. Okay. Yeah, so also don't rely on the hackathon organizers to solve all of this for you right yeah. they're they're running the event and what have you some of them have guidance notes and some of them actually will have travel stipends and, and whatnot but if they don't don't it's not their problem you have to sort all of this up front the next element i would kind of say and this one's a little contentious but make sure you've read the small print mm-hmm. because certainly when it comes to corporate hackathons you need to be very clear on the licensing requirements of the output so right yeah what you build what can it be used for and who owns it right there was a a, i want to say it was a game hackathon uh not a game jam but you know just a large corporate game hackathon run by um, ea or somebody and i could be completely wrong on this and they had a full ip clawback clause in the terms for hackathon attendees okay so basically you took part in this event and i could be completely wrong on the company but it's ea everybody hates them anyway you took part in this event and anything that you built they owned that doesn't sound very fair no it's not and there was there was uproar and what have you but even so as a general pushback against that i mean very few hackathon organizers or companies are that daft that they're going to apply that kind of you build it we own it restraint but at the same time a lot of them will require that you open source your work okay that, which so they kind of go the other way right and yeah and and if you're opening so, opening sourcing if you're open sourcing your work you have to know that your employer allows you to do that because there are some contracts that don't, that all your product belongs to the to the company, whether you're at the office or not. Yeah, uh, if you have an employment contract that has uh, IP uh, implications, you need to get special dispensation because you can't legally open source. And also, if you're open sourcing it, you actually need to verify whether or not you can use one of the gentler licenses or whether or not you have to do it under like GPL, at which point it is out there forever, right? It's, you know, you... No, cease to have any kind of ownership stake in terms of controlling it, which is 
a gross oversimplification. Uh, but yeah, so make sure you've checked who owns what and that you can actually legitimately take part under those constraints. Right, and in, in game jams, this is also, also quite interesting because, for example, if you use music, are you allowed to use that music if they're going to be publishing it? I mean, generally, game jam stuff, I guess, doesn't get open sourced, but still, do you have rights to use that music if you then extend the the, the, the prototype? What's going to happen to it? Is it going to be going out there? Will it be, uh, with other people, be allowed to download the the submissions, etc.? Yeah, and if you're using an external library or similar, you know, you pull in this thing mm. um, that makes your application work, what, what are the licensing implications on that? Is it open source? Is it going to uh, require that your application be similarly licensed? So assets, libraries, modules, all of this stuff can have an impact, and you haven't even started building anything yet, <laughs> which, is, which is why, I, generally speaking, I would say that if you can go to a hackathon or game jam or you know coding competition you want to show up with at least two or three ideas fairly well formed okay um i would say that you you kind of ideally because it means that you can have thought through some of this stuff yeah i mean and that would be the topic so for example there is a lot of announcements i know i'm keep on going about game jams i haven't participated in one so if the audience start shouting at me that i'm wrong I apologize. Please tweet us and tell us that I'm wrong. But a lot of the game jams like wait to a specific time to announce what the topic is. And that's a big thing, right? So it's like you know that this game jam is going to happen. You know the date that the announcement of the idea is. Because it is that it's important that everyone gets be given the topic at the same time. So it's fair for everyone that they've had the same time of brain juice to know what the the topic is, right? That's it. I mean, some uh, some people will just show up to a hackathon knowing what it is with with no preconceived notion because they just want to actually, as part of the process, they want to design and come up with the concept and flesh it out right then and there with potentially the team that they only find at the event. That's a completely valid way of doing it. I would say that generally speaking, you'll get more enjoyment uh, out of the event if you already have a concept and if you've already done some of the research again check the rules for the hackathon because some of them are well a lot of them are very strict you are not allowed to code beforehand um, and i'm guessing that in the case of game jams you may actually say well you're not even allowed to start asset generation or, or kind of the softer side of stuff beforehand it has to be done within the window right. to be valid but there's nothing saying that you can't start sketching out plans and concepts that to be honest you can dry run the entire event if you want it's probably a little bit unfair and boring. But, you know, if you know that there's a huge problem that you're going to have to solve, solve it up front, try it, see what happens. If you've got the time to do it, just make sure that you don't try and use that code or that solution later on. Yeah, this is kind of like the Great Bake Off, right? That, that's a kind of like game jam, right? <laughs> yeah. That's literally like a, a baking jam uh, or, or a cake with jam. Okay, if we keep talking about cake and jam, I'm going to have to pause recording and go and get myself a you know, nice piece of toast. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? That talking about hackathons can make me hungry. <laughs> but no, exactly. So what what I've noticed in the Great British Bake Off, which I'll come back and point, is that they say, oh, you have like 20 minutes or half an hour to make this cake, right? And this special with a ganache or something. And you're like, well... How does all the people that are involved in this TV series know how to make that? Because people have different skills, right? And it's because they've actually had time to prepare on how to make it at home, but now they have to do it under pressure. And this is the same thing with hackathons. I told you I'd come back to it. Is that, you know, it, try and dry run 
see what you can do in 24 hours without the pressure of having to actually submit it. Yeah, and if you're working with a completely unknown system, the very least, I mean, this this event that we've we've just been to, we didn't do much in the way of actual preparation. We didn't really practice, but we gone through the documentation for the APIs with a fine tooth comb way before we even showed up to the event. Gotcha. We'd made a bunch of notes, we'd kicked around a ton of ideas and concepts, and as it happens, we actually did pick which idea we were going to work on at the event itself, but we were only able to do that because we'd spent, you know, a bit of time in in chat and 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 various different forms working through what we could build, what the options were. Mm. So, yeah, planning and, and the pre-work element of a hackathon is almost as important as what you will do on the day itself. It's like a marathon, right? Yeah. You know, the training is critical. (laughs) The actual on-the-day performance is almost incidental. Of Of course, it's not. You're running a marathon. And part of the planning, and one thing that came came to mind, and I I know this is not going to affect many people, it doesn't affect me, but is if you're going to to, to do a hackathon as well as a planning, is now bring all the things that you need like toothbrushes, you know, toothpaste or something, because you might be there all night, and any of the medicines that you need, anything that, that you physically need. I know this is really obvious, but sometimes these hackathons go on all night. Oh, totally. And I mean, even if you don't have massive requirements, please take a toothbrush. Yeah. Uh, it's only it's only nice. Yeah. Uh, maybe chuck a can of, of Axe body spray <laughs> in your bag as well, because, uh, yeah, anyway. And, and of course, like your laptop or any other actual equipment that you'll actually need for the for the event right yeah and it's a laptop charger bits and bobs but normally i mean i I, i'm not gonna lie i'm a bit of a boy scout when it comes to hackathon attendance and my bag will contains all sorts of stuff and usb keys yeah there will be painkillers there will be a roll of gaffer tape there'll be insulating tape there'll be sharpies and a bunch of different colors and whiteboard pens because all of this stuff that we kind of get used to just having in our day-to-day world may not be at this uh, this event yeah. and that's just for software one of the events that we organized because we used to uh, we organized the jersey hackathon mm. and we had a couple of guys who'd show up and they do hardware okay so a hardware hack and they were there with soldering irons and boards and what have right. you uh, they're on a whole nother level of having to prepare all of their kit up front because they've got to have all of the right bits and if you haven't got a capacitor 790x i don't know then their project won't work and heaven forfend, they might actually mess it up and blow up one of the boards because yeah. then they have they got a spare, can they still do the project? Yeah. So yeah, making sure you've got the right kit is critical. How about the people that you work with? How about the team that you'd be forming? Make sure they've got the right kit. Too. <laughs> Make sure everyone's got the right kit. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's like you go there into a lot of hackathons and either you will be with your team, people that you know, or sometimes you just, as we said before, you just hang out with people for before the announcement and you might like some people and then form a team and and sometimes those those teams can have very different people in them right one of them might have a someone to do the marketing and someone that will do you know the project management of it you might have a project i've seen teams that have project managers that are helping keep everyone on track and plan stuff out but those are the interesting ones because you've got like okay so we've got 24 hours to do this we're going to do like ideation in in the first few minutes what well, so one of the like game jam things was that uh, and i'll get the the right people like you know is like rami ismail says that like you come up with the idea of the game the whole mechanics and you actually write that all that and uh, make that work in the first couple of hours 
and then yeah. you spend the rest of the the 24 hours making it look good for example right so yeah and that's not just a game jam specific approach right even in in, in a more general code uh, based hackathon the first thing you need to do is actually get a handle on which of your team is going to be doing what when mm -hmm. because uh, I, the worst thing that you can do in hackathon is assume that you ever have plenty of time oh yeah you never have plenty of time it go, it you are always up against it from literally the minute that starting air horn or whatever goes off you are behind schedule from then on and that's a fairly safe assumption so not only is it important that you plan out the work and the deliverables, but also that, as you say, that when you've been talking about building out your team, you're thinking, well, what skills do I require or what skills does the team require to build this thing? I mean, you can be the best um, C++ programmer in the world, but if you can't draw an asset, your game is probably not going to be brilliant. Mm. If your game requires assets, it could be that it's all just like 2D vertices and yeah. it's all like amazing and, and funky. But I suppose that's the point is you need to go through the project and take it apart. And generally speaking, you need somebody who can make stuff look good, somebody who can make stuff do stuff, uh, maybe a couple of somebodies. Somebody's um, if you've that, got that can make some of the assets or, or can make the things yeah. work. Or the specialist or, or the domain specialist in a hackathon, right? So you're talking about you read all the documentation. And if your hackathon is about using that API, it's easier to have one brain that's that has contains that it. contains it. So you can go, Rob, th does the API allow you to do this? You can go, yes, rather than everyone having to read up on stuff. But also, one of the things about I think the main point about what a hackathon has is the prizes, right? Well, I'm kind of torn on this because, I mean, we play second and we got a reasonable purse. Yeah. As a result, there was a good reward and it's a good way for the organisers to incentivise attendance. Mm -hmm. At the same time, some of the events, the prizes can be considered to be quite small. Mm. They're tokenistic, right? I mean, they're kind of tokenistic. Is to get you involved. Yeah, you're not there for the prize. You know that you're not going for like the hundred grand prize or things like that. But having said that, it's the practice of it. One of the the things that a lot of people said to me is like, "Hey, you want to get into game development? Have you done a game jam? That's like your rite of passage. You've got to just go and do a game jam just to get that kind of creative output out there." Yeah, I mean, there are hacking events or coding competitions that carry some seriously big money. But those Generally are, speaking, those, though, those are not hackathons, that, right? Um, I, I'm fairly certain that I've seen some of the corporate hackathons have had kind of like £10,000 first prizes and stuff. Okay. They, they can be pretty hefty. If you're doing this for the money, great, more power to you. But that's not where I get the benefit from either participating in mm -hmm. or organising or even recommending this kind of event. It's about the creativity. It's about the output. It's about the teamwork. And the fact that, yes, if you win, you get a nice little something-something, great. But that's not why... It's not why hackathons are cool. Right. It's, it's not the, that's not the reason you're participating. It sh in my view, it shouldn't be. But far be it from me, if, I, if there's people out there who are like, well, I'm only go I, don't, I don't get out of bed for a hackathon unless the first prize is £50,000 or higher, fine. Yeah, that's, that's on, on you. I think you'll get a very different style of event when you've got that kind of money involved because the pressures and the rules and, and all the rest of it will become much more serious. For me, hackathons are about having fun. They're about building cool things 
and doing so within a nice framework that somebody else has put together for me that you know, gives me a, gives me a, a bunch of limitations and a bunch of reasons to focus. So we start the hackathon. How do we do it? How, how do we get started? How do we get it done in time? We have no time to do this stuff. How do we get it done in time? Right. The first thing, I mean, we've already said this is, and these are kind of tips from the trenches. <laughs> You need to take your idea and distill it down to its simplest uh, simplest form. There is no time and space for bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And by and large, what we should be doing is what we should be doing in development anyway. We just really concentrate our good development best practice. So we have uh, our goal, our MVP, and we can then have a whole bunch of stuff because you can iterate in a hackathon. Right. So you can get the first version up and running and working. And that's the key. Because until you have that first version, it doesn't matter how many bits of an application or a game you have on your workbench and what have you. Until you've got that first version 0.01 that will run and kind of vaguely does what you want it to do, you have nothing to submit. Mm. So that's the point the first is strip it back, right back to the kernel at the center of your idea and then work out what you need to do to build that as quickly as possible. You will always, always, always come up with, ooh, wouldn't it be nice if it did this? Yeah, add it to the Trello That's board. fine. Add it, add it yeah. to the backlog. That's what I mean, is when I say that these are like our best practices, one of the first things you should probably do is either grab a Trello board or a whiteboard, cover it in post-its, it doesn't matter. You want to keep track of that idea, because if you're going great guns... And especially if you've got a team of you, it may well be that your asset designer has finished. They're, all the assets are designed. There's nothing else for them to do. Great. Well, pick like the next thing out of the backlog and we can do um, an amazing intro animation or whatever. Or in the case of you know traditional code style elements, it'd be, well, actually, we can add a new demo application or we can implement this cool authentication system that we kind of... We've got one that's basically bodged together because we need to know what a user is. But you know, doing social auth right. would be a nice to uh, have. Uh, also, like this is just if you've got OAuth, if you have started dealing with OAuth as part of your your hackathon demo, fake it because you're <laughs> just just avoid hmm. it like like the plague. Say like yeah, like in version two after the hackathon because in in a way you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to say, like, this is the core idea. There is this part missing. And, and and part of your presentation, you can say, there isn't this part. Yeah. I mean, that's the the thing is, I'm not saying it's not cheating. But if you're unless you what you are building is a user authentication system, they don't expect to see an amazing user authentication system. Yeah. You know, a simple login button that doesn't really do much or whatever is fine. You will, of course. Again, it depends on the event. It depends on the judging panel and what have you. But the more fleshed out and professional your uh, offering is, the better. But yeah, they're they're not expecting you to spend all of this time on just the boilerplate of the day-to-day application. They want you to innovate around the core concept. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, this is where things like, you know, using predefined boilerplates or starters... So, you know, there are projects or frameworks out there that will give you a massive leg up straight out the gate. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a great one if you're in Python dev called the Django Hackathon Starter. Okay, nice. And it literally comes pre-configured with all of this OAuth stuff built in. And all you have to do is drop in access keys and it just works. 
Oh, nice. Um, and it comes configured with Bootstrap. So you've got like Brilliant. a view templating engine if you're doing a web app, obviously. Yeah, when I was doing Meteor, that already has all of that in. So you can just include a couple of things, put the keys in, and, and you're done, you know? Yeah. So, you know, pick a tool and a starting point that gives you a leg up. You know, it's not cheating. It's being a good, pragmatic developer. The other thing I would say is that, you know, you need to really do, you do need to spend time and you, this comes back to the team, it comes back to the experience, it comes back to the communication. You need to spend some time working out how long stuff's going to take. I mean, just scheduling. I know we hate doing it. Yeah, I know we hate estimating and we're bad at it, but it's in this one, you've got to say, right, I think I need to have 10 hours for, for, if you're doing it by yourself, right? Or we need 10 hours and this depends on this. So you know when you're going over and what's what you have to reschedule when you go over right yeah so it's not a question of will you slip in a hackathon it's a question of by how much so normally i'd say that you really need to be taking the temperature of your project every couple of hours so you know you say well actually i'm going to do uh, this element and i'm going to start work on this feature and that should take me into two hours break it up into sprints but internally uh, and they aren't sprints in the sense of, you know, there's going to be finished stuff at the end of each one. They're just time boxes into which you can put the work, because that will give you a very clear indication as to how far behind you are. If you decided that this feature was meant to be done at the end of the first two-hour window, and it gets to the end of the third, and it's still not done, there you go. You know now that you are slipped by four hours, give or take. And that, that time's going to have to come from somewhere because that clock does not stop ticking. And as part of that scheduling, you have to like schedule in for micro breaks, like for food and even for sleep. I mean, one game jam at uh, Develop, and I might be getting this wrong, went for like 12 hours on one day and then for something like six hours on the other. And there was a nice, the nice point that there was a break in between because you have to go to sleep, right? Um, I mean, some game jams are like, see how long you can do in 24 hours, and it's a overnighter thing. I can't personally do that kind of stuff, because my brain shuts down, but... Yeah, likewise. And again, don't assume that just because you've got 36 hours, if that 36 hours requires that you run overnight, you need to build in a six-hour break, right? Or five, or whatever your minimum is. Because you will need to go to sleep at some point, and also, like, if you do go to sleep, you're actually going to get more productivity because there's only so much you can do in, in, in a period of time and your brain will shut down. So maybe having that three or four hour nap is actually going to just boost your development a lot, you know, for all yeah. the thing. And food. Remember yeah. food. You need eat. eat. Especially if you're staying awake. You know, you need to fuel yourself. Our, our traditional eating pattern is based around a certain quantity of work time and a certain quantity of leisure time and a certain quantity of sleep time. The minute you extend over that, you need more fuel. Right. So, yes, eat, eat, eat. And eat good stuff as well. Don't just eat junk. Yeah, definitely. And also is p part of your scheduling, you've got to do a presentation because nearly all of these hackathons and game jams, what you do at the end, which is after the time, is actually do a presentation about what you were doing. Yeah, so a lot of events will give you, and it's normally quite short, so it's like a five, ten minute yep. time window. So you've been working for you know an entire weekend, and you then have five minutes to distill and explain and demo your concept. And that's in in a weird way, that's the payoff, right? That's that's the 
the thing that you're trying to sell. So is a is a yep. is a is a Apple keynote to everyone. You know, you've really got to sell your product, and you forget to do your 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 presentation for that. You know, you or practice it for like, you know, or have one of your team members practice what they're going to say rather than like, oh yeah, we're team Bob and uh. Yeah, so I would always say, to be honest, you want to start getting your presentation underway as soon as is practical. Because the other thing is, A, you want to have time to run through this, you want to have time to test your demo and, and make sure that it's all operational and working. But it's the opportunity for you to tell the story of your of your concept. It's the opportunity for you to demonstrate, certainly in the case of um, you know a, a code business problem solving hackathon that you've done a bit of market research that you've you've explored and validated not only the solution but the problem and it may well be that your solution is on the face of it quite unimpressive but at the core of it where you spent your time was on a core piece of the technology that you actually don't really see and that's the joy it's an abstraction or something Yeah, you've got to communicate this. So we'll talk about this about judging a hackathon because I've done a bit of that a bit later on. But so you've got to get all your stuff out there, and once you've done the hackathon, you walk away home with glory, explosions behind you. You never look back. But that's not kind of the situation, is it? You follow up because sometimes these ideas are the good ideas, right? Yeah. Well, I I would always say that if your idea has been well received. Mm-hmm. And the other nice thing about hackathons is that they tend to be fairly fairly appreciative of each other's work. It's a competition, but it doesn't feel like it at the end, right? right. You get people coming up to you and saying, oh, that was cool. Really like that idea. And, and hopefully you're doing the same thing. You really appreciate each other's efforts. So one of the things that you will probably get is a bunch of people asking you, it's like, are you going to finish it? Are you going to keep going with it? And you have to decide what is going to happen to this project. And it could well be that you just say, well, actually, you know what? No, this was fun, but it's just it's just going to sit there. Um, you know, the code is open source or whatever. People can play with it, but it's done. You could equally say, yeah, I'm totally going to roll with this. I'm going to polish off all of these rough edges. I'm going to turn it into a real thing that we can we can put out there and have as a, a business tool or a, a new game. I'm going to devote time and energy and effort. And also, would any of you guys like to work with me on it? And some uh, and a lot of uh, out of all of these things, a lot of time, this is where apps come from. This is where different web applications come from. This is where some games that a lot of have come from. If you look at the history of them, it's like oh, we met at a hackathon and formed an indie studio or things like that, right? But I think one of the things that I was going to say was that uh, I've had some experience in judging a hackathon, and even if you come up to to the to the judges, the judges a lot of the time don't see see a completely different side of the hackathon, right? They see the start of it, and we see the end of it. So we don't see yep. your effort that you've put in it. We've we've been talking about the effort about about the adventure of of doing this, and you know we we come in before, say hello to everybody, then turn up the next day to find the same people we met the day before, but with a lot more bleary eyed and looking a lot more frazzled, and then we're meant to judge on the products that that are shown to us. So what we can base our opinions on is that five minute presentation that you do right so even if you have items like you know like your bit of tech and your smoldering like chipboard you might be able to sell it in the presentation saying like okay we didn't debug it in time that's sometimes not the requirement for the hackathon I mean, it depends on the hackathon, right? It depends on the hackathon. It depends on the judging panel. Right. But yeah, you can normally 
if you've if you've done this right, the judges want to see the idea, and ideally they want to see the idea working. Mm-hmm. But mostly they just want this parade of stuff. And then they can pick through and work out which one of those things was the best based on a whole bunch of factors. And workingness, as in pra- practicality and, and functionality, is one of the the many elements that you use to score, right? Yeah, so that's only part of it. So th- was this a great idea? Or did it achieve what we wanted it to achieve, right? As in, not what we wanted it to achieve, but did it achieve the goals of the hackathon? Was this like, okay, that's a great idea. Th- this this solves the cryptocurrency problem in the world or something, right? And yeah. sometimes it's how did they achieve it? When they say, like, we actually used the but- the beating of a butterfly's wings to solve it. And you're like, holy crap, that's, in- that's amazing. This brings to mind, uh, I'm trying to remember the company. It might be GitHub or something. They tried to create entropy for their keys, and they have like a big wall of lava lamps that they, they have a camera pointed at, so that when you have to generate a, uh, a key, uh, that sounds like a hackathon solution, right? Like how to make something very random that's always random, and then there's no way that you can build it up without without that tapping. It's actually, um, it's Cloudflare. Oh, it's Cloudflare, right. Yeah, and yeah, Cloudflare have this wall of lava lamps. And I bet you this um, is a, a game jam thing. Every time I've seen that, I was like, you know, and and that's a great solution, right? So like the hackathon is how can we create really secure entropy? And I bet you there was a few maths people there like creating algorithms for crazy stuff, and they came up with like lava lamps. That's genius, right? Yeah. So that would be the my 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 judging criteria, or if it's really funny. I mean, that's the other thing I would say is that the number of times I've been to hackathons and actually that's a very serious, very serious idea. It's like we've we've put all gerbils in the world on a blockchain. Um, it's very serious and here's all of the seriousness and what have you. And then there's some guy comes up with effectively the code equivalent of a pratfall. It's a joke app or um, but it works. Yeah. You know, and it can work in a very silly and, and it can solve a really silly problem. And often the judges are actually like, yeah, you know what? Let's give that guy some stuff. Let's give him some props or her or them. Because a lot of the time it's about, you know, the coolness of the concept. And lava lamps are amazing and fun and technical, but so are buttons that use the latest IoT framework to make a speaker go. (laughs) You know, the the actual end result is not necessarily indicative of the thought process and the quality that went into it, is I suppose the point. Yeah, there there was a a stand at... uh conference we had the people from pusher which is a uh, real-time apps kind of people and they had like basically a plastic button that you could push and it would do mad things and you can tie into it so like if someone ran you know it was on their stand so if someone pushed it you could like hook into that event and do whatever you wanted with it so always mm-hmm. was quite funny yeah, it's kind of cool. The other thing, very quickly on judging, is it, it may form part of the rules, it may form part of the pack that you get from the hackathon organizer, but as a participant, it's always worth checking if, that you know what the judging criteria are. Right. And a lot of the time, the hackathon organizers will supply this, or they'll give you some kind of you know guidance. Because there is a lot of the judges will be given specific criteria, right? And it will be, you know, that we want you to look at obviously the technical feasibility of the thing, but also creativity and business application in the sector and number of gerbils. <laughs> so if you know that you're you've got actually instead of just, you know, hacking in a vacuum, if you've got four things that the judges are looking for, 
you can actually tailor your presentation and tailor your output to make sure that you're hitting all four. Right, and and you can do that at the beginning. Just just say like, okay, so this is a presentation we're going to do when we finished. Let's start filling yep. the stuff out like now. So one of your members of yep, your team totally. could be doing that presentation as you go along, right? So you don't. So by the time you get to present it, you've you've been adding and and you know practicing as you go along. If I was wanting to run a hackathon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You know, running your own hackathon, I mean, I, I guess it depends who you are, right? It's, are you trying to do it for your company? Are you trying to do it for the public at large or for your community, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, exactly that, right? Uh, you, your first thing is, is who are you and what, are you, what, what do you want to get out of it? Yeah. Are you looking to do this because um, you want basically to get a bunch of cool people working in a space that you're passionate about? Are you doing this because you're a company who wants to get stuff built? And a lot of that will determine the kind of type of event that you're going to run. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you start by framing it. What do you want to get out of it is kind of the important thing. And actually, hackathons are pretty straightforward to organize. Like any event, unlike a conference where you have to have uh, a whole bunch of, of speakers and, and a whole bunch of different you know, logistical bits. A hackathon can be run quite small. Mm -hmm. It pretty much requires that you just have a venue with some basic facilities, um, although those facilities have to be decent. So, you know, yeah. hackathons without good Wi-Fi, yeah, not great. Not a great one, because you need to get assets of all sorts sorts of things. So. Like assets and, and, and uh, you know, look at... You, you can Google the shit out of stuff during a hackathon. <laughs> yeah, totally. This is not a closed book yeah. test, right? Um, you are allowed the book, you are allowed all of the books. Um, yeah, so make sure that the venue's got sufficient power, make sure that it's got decent networking, or that you can put those things in easily. Yeah. Make sure that it's got silly things, but you know, people need chairs to sit on that are comfortable. And tables. Because they're yeah. going to be sitting down a lot. Yeah. They need tables to work at that are a decent height. And all of those things need to be next to the power, but not necessarily you know, next to the lights and the windows. Yeah. So just think, is this space suitable for however many coders working away mm -hmm. for however long? There's uh, suitable uh, ventilation, because you have a whole bunch of coders working next to each other for however long. Yeah, make sure the AC works and can handle the load. Right. And then a lot of the rest of it will come down to finding your judges... If you decide that you want to have judges, I have. It is possible to run hackathons with kind of a voting pool system, yeah. so you don't need judges at all. You can just have a completely democratic thing. Solves another thing, and you basically get some t-shirts, optional. Get some stickers, optional, and overorder on the pizza. Mm -hmm. Yeah, done. Always have food available. Uh, I mean, of course, we were saying like have some good food, and now we're going like yes, get all the pizza in. But you know. Have options yeah, okay. for it's a, it's a glib throwaway, yeah. but yeah, there are some standard log logistical points. You need to cater it because yeah. people will need to eat, or you need to make it very clear up front that you're just offering snacks and what have you, and they'll need to go off-site yep. to, to get food. Most events um, actually do cater. Yeah. And also, you probably do want to do a bit more prep work. You'll need to set up the website or the event right, whatever. Right. You want to make sure you've got a code of conduct. You want to make sure you've mm -hmm. got the rules up front and the judging criteria and, and all of this stuff because otherwise you're just going to spend the week or two directly before the hackathon just answering questions on Twitter. Yep. And people asking you, where's your code of conduct? And you're like, ah. Yeah. yeah. Also, copy paste, copy paste. Yeah. And also maybe you have places you don't have to have like hotel rooms or something but showers uh would be good uh somewhere for someone to sleep 
you know, even their yeah. cots or something like that. You know, you don't have to make this into a four-star hotel, but it's it's kind of like, well, you know, you're doing a, a, a hackathon, you want might want to go and like put your head down for a couple of hours and then come back fresh in, into it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, sleeping is a little contentious because some venues and some events don't allow it. Some venues and some events, if they're running through the night, do. But even if you're not going to have a dedicated sleeping area, having a quiet area... Yeah. Just because hackathons can get quite noisy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people typing and whooping and shouting ideas back and forth. And, and you know, some of them have like crazy music on all the time. Um, and you see people jacked in with headphones or whatever. But having a space where they can just go and think or just go and rest mm. because it's pretty, pretty intense. It's pretty full on. So, yeah. So put it that. So if I didn't want to set one up, there's plenty of places we can go and find out where there is one happening, right? Yeah, so there is actually kind of a, a hackathon season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this. I, I was not aware of it. Game Jams follow the same thing. But yeah, it's effectively it's the big summer break when all of the universities are closed for the summer. Oh, right? yeah, that makes so, sense. So you just can use the, their venues because it seems to tick yeah. all the criteria. Well, you can use their venues, but also, because generally speaking, hackathons tend to be inclusive, but they also tend to target a younger demographic, mm. I would suggest. Mm-hmm. So there, there's hackathon season, and we're in the middle of it right now. The first thing I would say is if you just search the web... <laughs> Well, that internet thing. Yes, and there are there are probably like a dozen decent directories, all of which keep information on what's coming up, and most of which can be searched by city, by country, by topic, by venue, blah, blah, blah. Keeping an eye on your local user groups, because generally speaking, they will announce if there is a hackathon in that topic or that thing coming up near to them. And, well, that's about it, really. Well, yeah, and there are some sites uh, that, that are, I mean... Um, I'm trying to remember, like, meetup.com might have, like, a few hackathons in them, which I haven't looked at. We'll put we'll put a list of the stuff that we found. There's a yearly one. I'm going to say yearly. It might be twice yearly from Epic Games that do the, the global um, game jam. There is Ludum Dare, which does game jams quite often, as well as the itch.io ones. Develop a conference, does one during the conference, obviously. And in... Preparing for this podcast, we found quite a few. So, like hackathon.com, there's got like loads of hackathons in there. Yep, there's the um, hackerlist.org, there's the Open Hack Project, which I think might be a bit uh, a bit sleepy, but yeah, that keeps a good list. Um, and again, we'll put links to all of this in the show notes. Cool. So, yeah, the hackathons are out there. You can find them. Go go forth and hack and jam and. And, and get some stuff done. And toast. And if you have any ideas, if we missed anything out in this show, how can they get hold of us, Rob? Well, they can get hold of us by emailing show at localhost.fm. That's old school, yeah, right? They can tweet at localhost.fm. Yeah. They can they, they can DM us. I think I think our DMs are open as well. Yeah, DMs are wide open. Or if you if you want to tell me how amazing I am and don't want Mark to be embarrassed, you can tweet me direct at Rob Dudley. Of course, you can tweet me. Or vice versa. Or or vice versa, yeah. At Mark Drew. And also, here's a little test, because we never know who gets to the end of our podcast. Are they too long, too short? Let us know that you got here. Just tell us that. Just send us a little tweet saying, I've listened to the end. I made it. I made it. (laughs) Uh, And on that note, thank you, Rob. And thank you, dear listener. Bye.